Hello, and welcome to the June 25th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a long-lost, brand-new edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is absolutely great to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. Now, I tend to say that a lot when it's been a while since uh, we've spoken as a family, a long-lost edition. <laughs> i got to come up with a new phrase. But it's been a while, um, and, I, and I would imagine, based on the amount of support that I've received over the last week in terms of the emails that have been written, um, I mean, literally, people reaching out to Mr. Joe, not asking questions, not commenting, um, which I still encourage everybody to do, please. It brings me joy to speak to each and every one of you, but um, sometimes I just get a one-liner, you know, praying for you, uh, hope all is well, we miss you, we love you, everything will be fine, I mean, great, great, amazing things by amazing people out there, it's just unreal, the amount of support that you have all given me. Now, one of the first things that I have to go ahead and do is take care of a little bit of business here, uh, because this now goes back to probably, I'd say, close to a month um, in which I've been meaning to do this, and I, I literally just kind of forgot the first time I was supposed to do it, and then everything kind of happened, and I just completely um, just you know, lost all train of thought. But one of the things that goes on with Mr. Joe's podcast is what's called being a patron. And uh, they give you the option to donate some money to Mr. Joe. Um, I never, as you could see, hundreds and hundreds of episodes, well, at least over a hundred episodes. And I believe this might be the very, this might be the third, well, I could tell you right now, one, two, three. This would be the third time now that I mention um, anything about being a patron because I don't like to run around and ask for money. That is not why I do this. But um, Podbean gives you an opportunity to join what is called a crowdfunding patron program. I have no idea. Uh, but one of the things they ask is, um, you know, when you do receive a, a donation, what do you do in return? And one of the options was you could do nothing. <laughs> um, but what, what I did mention, or at least I, one of the things that I always promise to do when I do get a beautiful donation from somebody is just make mention of it. I don't like to give names over the air, um, and that's one thing that I won't be doing. Um, but there is a person, and the um, I believe I'll give you the screen name here. I believe this would be a following screen name on Podbean. It's WMC3DY. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, this same person actually reached out to me, and I, I think it's okay that I give a first name and lot of, not a last name. Uh, this guy Jared, who um, you know reached out to me, provided me with a, a beautiful donation, and um, he, he's just like all of you, just amazing, uh, amazing. I mean, his his 
his email, excuse me, brought tears to my eyes, as most of them do. And it wasn't even that of a, emotional of an email. He was just so grateful to have me and to hear me and to learn a little bit more about himself. I cannot even begin to tell you. So there is my special mention. Um, if, of course, I get permission from this person to read the email over the uh, podcast, I would certainly do so. But for now, we will just say thank you from the bottom of my heart for that wonderful donation. And you know exactly who you are that I'm speaking of. Now, let's get things rolling here, okay? Because obviously a lot has gone on um, over the course of the last week. I have been dealing with the passing of my father, my best friend, um, the man that I really wanted to be like in many ways, but was never capable of doing so. And what I mean by that is, you know, this is a man who hid money for the sake of his children and his wife so that when he does pass, we would know where it was hidden. This is a man who made bank accounts for us, separate bank accounts. I mean, the man left us with so much money, um, and, and he didn't make a lot of money either, but... He was such a hard-working man, and one of the things and I, that I, I don't want to say that I don't do, but I have a very hard time doing, is following in the footsteps of him and taking care of my family financially. Now, on the forefront, I do so very well, but in terms of the future, I can't seem to get my act together. Um, and I don't know if it's the world that we live in. You know, the expensive world that my wife and I are, are unfortunately faced with here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood, where it is an extremely expensive place to live. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is um, he's a man that I wanted to really kind of, um, f to some extreme, at least from his work ethics, at least model my life after. And I've never been able to truly do that like my father has. I do a great thing with my work. I just never feel like I've been able to give the way my father has given. And again, I haven't, I, you know, obviously um, that happened a lot throughout my life. I was given things by my dad all the time in terms of money, but he left me a great deal of change when it comes to uh chunk of change when it comes to our, my kids, my, uh, when I say our, my sister and myself, our children for when they go to college and they go and do their thing. So He's a man that I really wish that I could be more like in terms of his ethics and saving and, you know, um, but I, I just can't. I don't I do not do a good job saving and maybe it's because of our bipolar disorder, but man, as soon as that money comes in, I burn a hole in my pocket and 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with me. I, I don't buy anything for myself anymore. I don't do a damn thing. Nothing. I don't even carry a dollar in my wallet because I don't have a dollar to spend. So, nevertheless, um, my mindset was pretty good over the last couple of days, starting to obviously going through the grieving process, and I know I don't want to really talk too much about that, um, because we did discuss it to some degree, um, but what was a good couple of days has now turned incredibly worse, so to speak. I feel my mind shifting. I feel the depression setting in. I'm battling it. I know a lot of times for us it is a losing battle no matter what. We uh, 
um, try to do, but I will tell you this, and this is the saddest thing of all, is I have no longer been given the opportunity to mourn my father. As a matter of fact, I don't really think I mourned him or grieved him properly at all since his passing. Because if I was to talk about the way I've been grieving, you would turn to me and say, Mr. Joe, that's not grieving. That's thinking about him for one second and crying in your car. And that's not grieving as far as I'm concerned. And what makes it not grieving... Now, granted, if that would be the only time that I had to think about him and that was the way I wanted to do things, well, then that would be my grieving. But that is not the way I want to do things. And unfortunately, one of the reasons why I have, um, I guess you could say, dipped into this cycle, so to speak, is because of my mother. And I made a lot of statements. I may have even made a statement last time that, you know, it's important to at least make amends with people before they pass away or, you know, uh, at least be on good terms with people because you never know how you feel if that particular person passes away and you never got to say the things you really wanted to say and talk about the way that you felt and, you know, express your love and all those those things. And I was grateful that I got to do that with my dad. And I probably most likely, over the course of the last few podcasts, <clears throat> also spoke about me doing that for my mother. As much as she drives me nuts, it's important that I recognize the fact that she has a mental illness. We've been down this road before. And, you know, I have to deal with it. Well, I got to tell you, I am taking back my words <laughs> because this is no longer about a mental illness. This has now become about her alcoholism. And I, I have removed myself from her company. I have removed myself from her phone, ability to phone me. Um, and this all transpired just yesterday because, guys, she has never been more selfish, more mean, left more messages, been more obsessive-compulsive than ever before in her life. And you know what? I would allow all of this to go on if, if I wasn't getting phone calls six, seven, eight times a day. And yesterday was the ultimate. Um, I received a series of four, four phone calls. First one was at 8 a.m. And by the way, she was completely wasted out of her mind at 8 a.m. Um, we had to turn in my dad's lease. And my sister, God bless her soul, man. That, that, that woman has literally taken care of everything. And I mean everything. I mean, she's taken care of two children, a family, and now she got another child on top of it with my mother as she gets abused and, and ridiculed, yet she's dealing with it for the sake of her and myself and our children because, you know, we need that money for our kids. We really do. With that said, I want my name off everything. <laughs> now, my sister's always going to give me half, um, but she's also working really hard to get money and for her children in college and to me guys and I say this now because of how angry I am um, you know the money is getting that money if it, if it consists of me being emotionally abused again in my life the way that I was my entire life by my mother I refuse to deal with it absolutely refuse to put up with it I'm not I refuse to 
Um, but with that being said, my sister um, is also aware of the fact that we really do need that money for our kids. So she's kind of trying to keep me in line and help me to understand that the best thing to do is just stay away right now. But guys, four messages yesterday, 8 a.m., and I'm not going to play them for you because they are so rude, so cruel, so vicious. And she mentions a few names in there that I really do not want anybody hearing. But 8 a.m., she was so excited about the fact that my sister was able to turn a car lease in that was under my dad's name because they were under the impression that um, my mom would be responsible for it and you know either have to pay until the lease ends or pay a fee to put turn it back in and they don't forgive and I tried to tell my sister yes they do <laughs> and regardless there's no fee associated with anything they're coming to pick up the car and my mother wants that car out and believe me I know because I've heard it every day since my father passed I don't want the car. I don't want the car. Please get that car out. I can't look at that car. And it has nothing to do with my dad. Nothing. It's not a memory. It's not something that sparks um, sadness in her. She doesn't know how to drive it. It's taking up room in her garage, and she doesn't want it. So what she wants, she wants done immediately. So my sister took care of it, and the message, 8 a.m., drunk as a skunk. I'm so happy about, you know, the car. But I do want to tell you, and I know where you're coming from, I will not change my lifestyle for anybody. And uh, I don't live in the ghetto, and my house is no better than anybody's else, and anybody else's house is no better than mine, but you're asking way too much of me way too quickly, and I am not changing my lifestyle. I will see you at your sister's, I will come to your house, you don't have to come here anymore. And this all stems from the fact that I was very honest with her the day before, and I literally told her that one of the main, the, the main reason why I don't come to your house and didn't come to your house, and I feel like my dad would be so disappointed that I never stressed this to him, because ultimately, he could have worked on it, is the fact that it smells like smoke. I can't breathe. There's secondhand smoke everywhere. My kids come home smelling like it. We got to get in the shower immediately when we walk home. It's so bad, guys, that when we drive and we get home and we shower, when we come back into the car the next day with clothes on, new clothes, we smell the smoke from the old clothes that, you know, basically stayed within the vehicle. Um, and she completely understood. And I said to her, I said, Ma, I said, this doesn't mean that I need you to take action. I said, maybe a year from now, two years from now, you know, you could start, you know, because uh, she's the one who said she wanted to get her carpets cleaned. And I, you know, I, I said, none of this has to happen now, Ma. I said, but I'm just letting you know why you haven't seen me there constantly with my children. I needed to explain to her. I really did. Because, you know, I want to be there for her. She, she's mourning to some degree. She's sad. She's lonely. And I want to be there for her. Up until yesterday, that is. But I can't. I can't bring my children there. And I have to attend to both parties. My mother and my family. Equally at this point in time. Because they need me as well. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, the message today basically indicated that I was forcing her to turn her house into something that it's not. Whatever. It's fine. Um, second message was a little more drunk. I haven't heard from you today. I hope everything is okay. Well, if I don't hear from you, oh well, bye. Fine. Third message. 
I need this effing pool down right now. I got 15 birds in my backyard, you son of a bitch. You are an ungrateful son. I need your friends here to knock down my pool and get it the hell out of here. I'm done. I don't want it. I don't want you taking pictures and getting somebody to take it apart for me. You need to knock it down. So essentially, guys, what's going on is the pool cover is on the pool, and my dad used to drain the pool cover when it rained, and you know, um, until he opened it for the summer. Well, he hasn't drained it because he's not alive, and there are mosquitoes building up, and unfortunately, the mechanism that he uses to drain the pool takes like a day. It's not something that I could just stick in and say, hey, you know, do your thing and gone. you got to sit there and manage it and monitor it because there are leaves and dirt and it doesn't go through the hose properly. It's an absolute nightmare. And for what it's worth, it really doesn't matter because she doesn't go down there. She doesn't walk out of her house. She's never going to go near that pool and it's not going to ruin it. So nevertheless, she's been obsessing about that. And she was totally fine with the day before the plan of me putting it on a website with pictures and having somebody come and take it away for free or even paying us for it. You know, they do that. You know, it's a beautiful pool. So that was the demand because she is obsessing over that, but of course also screaming. And this is the one that broke the camel's back, so to speak. The fourth message was, you know, um, I have certainly called you many times today. And you just won't call me back. I don't know what your bag is. I don't know what that means, by the way, everybody. I, I mean, to me, it sounded like it should have been, I don't, I don't know what your problem is. But she used the word bag. Um, I don't know what your bag is, but you could take it and keep it with yourself. You are selfish. You left your whole family. You gave up your mother. You're a mother effer, you selfish mother effer, you don't care about nobody except your wife and those two little babies at your house, you don't even care about Junior and Sarah Lee, and I'm gonna get them from you <laughs> that's it guys, that's all I needed to hear, that's all I needed to hear, um, you know and then she finally finished off saying, you know you at least I can look in the mirror. You can't lie, guys. It was it was so sad to hear this. It was so demeaning and insulting. And you know what? Once she said the kids' name names, I got crazy, and I am so so upset with myself, ashamed that I went down to her level and I called her, and man, did I scream! I said, "How dare you!" I didn't even let her get a word in, and I don't remember what I said, and I hung up on her. And then I forgot to tell her something that I wanted to tell her, which I'm even more ashamed of. But when I called back, she's like, you better stop yelling and talk like a man. I said, you are an effing drunk. And until you get yourself sober and you're not a drunk, you will never move ahead in life without your husband. And I hung up. And I shouldn't have done that because really I, I stooped down to her level because ultimately what she wants from me is for me to crumble. It really is. It's for me to crumble. And, you know, my sister is probably more concerned about me than anything. And she's been very worried that this was going to ruin me. And uh, where did she write it? 
Okay, I got to read you her text message, how amazing she is, because I went on a warpath. I'm not helping you. No, I didn't say that. I said, I'm not helping her. I'll help you secretly with whatever you need. I'm never talking to her. I want my name off all the financial, blah, 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 blah. You know, pissed off, real pissed off. So she wrote me, I'm sorry, my phone was in the car. I just got home from fruit shopping. I understand, brother, Mr. Joe, and at this point, you need to do what is best for your mental health. To be honest, your mental health means more to me than you having a relationship with her right now. In no way, shape, or form do you deserve to be treated like this. You are a human being that deserves respect, and she has absolutely no right to harass you at work. That is verbal abuse. I love you so much, and besides my husband and my children, you are my whole world and my best friend, and if you are not right, I will not be able to handle her. I will blame her and be very angry and resentful about everything that I am doing. I want to protect you from her path of destruction. When you are not good, I will not be good, and then I cannot get things done. I will manage, and if she doesn't like my methods of operation, I will tell her to go F herself as well. She needs to adapt to my world. As for the money, I understand you don't give a beep. Well, I do, and Daddy would want us to have it, and that's why I'm working hard to protect it. Not for her, but for us. We were his children, and we deserve it. After all we have been through, the, the will states 50-50 for each sibling, equally divided, and that's what I plan on doing. Not that that would ever be an issue with me and my sister. You know, we, Me and my sister don't fight about any of that stuff. I mean, honestly, I want my name off everything because I trust her. <laughs> I, you know, and I can't I don't want to be affiliated with my mother at all. Um, so, you know, here I am once again, guys. I'm ashamed of the fact that... Um, that I, I st stooped to her level. I let her get to me. I really, really did. Um, you know, and I got angry and I screamed. But, <clears throat> excuse me, what it comes down to is this is no longer just about her mental health. This is about her alcoholism. She refuses to admit she has a problem. Even when I tell her, Ma, you said this, this, and this, and she says, I don't remember. And I say, well, doesn't that tell you that you have a problem? No, I don't want to hear it. Until somebody wants to help themselves, obviously we've been down this road a million times, there is no helping them. And she has no desire to help herself at all. And I have to tell you guys, I, I will always be there in the background. And I will definitely go back at some point when I feel safe enough to go back. And what I mean by that is I need my mental health to be, remain stable. I need to be able to mourn the loss of my father without worrying about my mother's obsessive compulsive demands. Get your ass over here and mow this lawn. <laughs> These are the things she says to me. And then my brother-in-law did it, and she called my sister to complain that he didn't do edging. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, and, and all she does, I'll pay you. I'd rather pay you to cut. The I said, Ma, it's not about the money. I said, I can't do it. I can't barely get mine done, mine done. So I know I'm all over the place. What it comes down to is I will go back eventually when my mental health is stable and strong enough to withstand the emotional abuse that my mother has to offer because there is never going to be a day until she drops dead in which she will stop drinking and stop her harassment and be nice to me and my sister. It'll never happen. There's no hope. There's no way. There's no how not happening um, and I do believe in my heart that within the next month she's probably going to be dead 
And I, I, I think so, probably because she's going to drink so much that she's either going to fall and crack her head or, you know, I, whatever. And she's done that a million times, but she's always had my dad there to either break the fall or pick her up and, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, she's had stitches. She's fallen over balconies. But again, my dad was always there. Um, there's going to come a time where she's going to get so drunk and she's not going to be able to call anybody or t tell anybody to help her. And, you know, I mean, it's just a shame. It's just a shame, you know. And I, I do believe in my heart that at some point this is all really going to set in because she doesn't give a crap about my dad right now. She has not mentioned one thing about him that she misses. And I get that anger is one of the grieving stages, but this is different, guys. This is her cursing him and all the things that he left her with. Meanwhile, he could not have set her up better. She is just an ungrateful person who has never worked a day in her life, who has no idea the concept of money and what it takes to earn it and how you have to go about spending it. Um, and she has her entire life had my father at her beck and call and he has always jumped or when she would say jump, he would say how high. And she doesn't have that now with me. And that is why she is lashing out ultimately is because I won't give her what she needs um, when she needs it. And again, it's not even support. It's not even emotional support. It's cigarettes, wine, pools, lawn. I mean, it's insane. And, uh, you know, I would do all those things for her, but on my own terms when I can. And I will not be cursed at and, and threatened and ridiculed when I can't jump as high as she wants me to jump, refuse to. So I will go back. I've always kept my word, and I've always said that there will come a point in time where, um, you know, I'll be angry at her, but I will get over it. And right now I'm very angry, and I could sit here and say I will never speak to her again, but in my heart of hearts I know I will have to. Uh, she is a lot to deal with, though, guys. This is this has probably been the most difficult time in terms of handling another person in my entire life. I really honestly didn't know that it was this bad. I didn't know that she was drinking at 8 a.m. in the morning. I had no idea. You know, I, I had no idea. I had no idea that she was capable of leaving these messages. It's amazing because we, we go back to our podcast from the early days when I wasn't speaking with her. And I would play you her messages, the ranting and the raving that would go on on voicemails and answering machines. And then it stopped because my dad got her under control. And now that he's gone, she has gone right back exactly to where she was when he was out of the house, you know, living with my sister as she would insult and scream and yell and curse every single person that she was close to. Um, and, and it's no surprise to me because essentially he's out of the house again. So she is going to town, doing all the things she wants to do, calling all the people she wants to call and insulting anybody that she wants. And she will not do it to me anymore, and she will not get away with it. But, again, when I get over it, and I'm not as angry, I'll never forget the things that she has done to me, but I will forgive her again. But for right now, guys, I need to get mentally stable. I'm not myself. I am more anxious than I've ever been. As a matter of fact, I was driving this morning and I thought about calling the doctor and asking for Boost Bar because um, that is a medication that once worked very well for me with anxiety. But I've been battling it all day. I've been battling on and off crying, um, bouts of crying, um, you know, in which the past week or so they were mostly about my father 
you know, I would continue, I would start to mourn and cry, and then all of a sudden my mother would call me, and that would be the end of it. I, so I never really completed the mourning process. Now, as I cry, I'm just crying about m the situation that me and my sister have been put in. And I am mad at my father to some degree. I'm mad that he has enabled this woman her entire life to do the things that she does and get away with what she gets away with and think that it's okay. Because that's the only part of my dad that was never a man, was making sure that this woman treats at least her own damn children with respect. So, you know, I am angry with him about that, but of course I will get over that too. It's just been a long... Long few weeks, guys, and through it all, you know, obviously I'm back at work and I'm overseeing an entire company, you know, um, it's a lot, guys. It is a lot to handle, but somehow, someway, I'm, I'm getting through it, I'm making it, um, I will continue to keep everybody updated on all of the progress that I make, and unfortunately, some of the setbacks that might occur as well, uh, but it is awesome to be back with you guys, and um, I'm just glad... That we're together again, and hopefully next episode we can get back to some educational stuff. If you guys are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. I mean, right now I don't know how to do it with my mother, so I'm not supporting her. If you're struggling right now, guys, I ask that you most importantly fight battle and soldier thank you so much for listening to mr joe's bipolar podcast i will see you guys in a few days get back on track by the way mr joe's podcast was actually i saw it rated the number one bipolar podcast on a few different sites so that's because of you guys thank you so much and i will see you next time